Week of Autastic, your comedian's guide to autism. We are two comedians. We both have loved ones, loved ones with autism. My name is Kirk Smith. I have a severely autistic 21-year-old son who's in quarantine right now. Graham, tell us about your brother. Well, everyone knows about my brother. He's Peter. He's uh, yeah, I guess he's uh, he's at quarantine too now. As of the last couple days ago, he lives on his own, as you guys know. And he rode the bus the other day, which he did not need to do. But that's okay. He is young and strong. He lives in his apartment. Um, if you are listening to this episode in the year 2050, we are in the midst of a pandemic. And it's true. Um, we are all dealing with it. Uh, I have not yet seen Kirk's apartment, even though we are both I in know. the same city. It's crazy. I went over to your place, what, three times, four times, trying to get yeah, you sick? But you haven't times, been over yeah. at all. No. These were the episodes I was supposed to pay you back. I know. Take this ride the subway. We live off the same subway line. Very Brutal. convenient. Brutal. I would be I would be I'd be there. We'd be I'd be in your your squalid little apartment with uh, <laughs> No, I'm kidding. It's, it looks beautiful. It's a uh, um, very uh, New York Manhattan apartment. I live in you know Brooklyn, what? so things are a little bigger. You've I've got, always uh, been Super neurotic. So before the pandemic, I already had all these Purell wipes. Oh, I've had hilarious. boxes and boxes of them just because I traveled the subway. So now everything's sold out. I've got tons. <laughs> Good for you. I have. My, uh, I have all. Uh, go ahead. Sorry. I have three bottles of uh, little tiny bottles of hand sanitizer, and I'm preserving them. They're like the Hanukkah oil. Uh, it's just I hope this lasts the pandemic it should not last very much longer but I need it to last I need it to last so oh that's funny yeah we're all we're all basically Howie Mandel now so it's yeah it's great yeah yeah I know I've been I've been a germaphobe uh thanks to my mother uh since I was a child so I uh I am I'm well versed in everything I, I know when my finger touches something i rode i went on a bike ride today i used city bikes but i disinfected the seat disinfected the the uh i do the same thing the handlebars and i uh wore gloves um i did that friend, before the pandemic <laughs> you you did that before you disinfected the handles uh-huh and the seat really yeah because you the can seat? get the yeah, the seat, because you can get, uh, what's that called, E. coli. Yeah. I'm a weirdo. From the seat? Well, how is that any different than a park bench? That's the way I think about it. I'm like, I'm not going to disinfect a park bench. Well, but sometimes when I do, I'm in shorts, and so it's sweating. There's a lot of moisture, and like, I don't know. All right. All right. I don't know. It's more for me than anything else. Sure, sure. We all like to manufacture control. I understand. Um but this is but, your comedian's uh, guide to autism. Um, yes, and uh, so yeah, so so as you said, JJ is in quarantine right now in mm, Sweden. Mm-hmm. What's that like? Well, he's got he lives in a place with there's six res seven residents and two of them. One lady in particular, so I want to say seventy or sixty. She looks great. She's Swedish. You know, sometimes those Scandinavians don't age quickly. Yeah. They they they're very sturdy people. But um, so they're in lockdown. They're not taking any visitors since it's been two weeks now. And um, I saw a funny meme that said uh, 
Swedes were practicing uh, social distancing before it was popular, and it shows six people at a bus stop all standing about 10 feet apart. Pretty funny. <laughs> but they're not they're very cold warm people. people. Yes, yeah, no. so there's not a lot of touching or hugging or there's a lot of nodding and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So uh, I a good place like for someone with who, with autism, like high, you know, there's not a lot of eye contact, or a little bit too much eye contact, but no touching. <laughs> right. Yeah. But uh, I think he's okay. We're doing these daily calls that I really enjoy. I was supposed to go see him this week, actually, for my for my birthday. But uh, yeah, it's not going to happen. And when's so, your birthday? Twenty um, fifth. Yeah. I did not know your birthday was this week. I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a little Debbie Swiss cake by myself. Probably it's gonna be amazing. That's really really nice and sad. Good for you. Hey, I tell you what, um, I'll call. I'll, we'll call you on your birthday. We'll have a little Skype party. You know, maybe uh, maybe we'll have a drink via Skype, or uh, I will. Uh, That'd be great. I'll get a. I'll, I'll buy a cake from the corner store. Oh, guys, you know what you could do for my birthday if you, want, if you want to get me something? You can watch my new podcast. It's going to be video and audio. It's all be Libsyn and also YouTube called Wait, What? Que Como? About learning Spanish. And it's the seventh day of my quarantine, so I'm losing my mind. So the, the translation is getting wilder and wilder. <laughs> That's hilarious. Are you going to post it on, um, on iTunes? Yes, I'm going to post it on iTunes and YouTube. Nice. Do that. That's good. good stuff. Do all five, the first ones. I've got three done. I'm going to release them all on my birthday, I hope. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, guys, don't forget to subscribe to uh, patreon.com slash autastic. I know times are tough right now, but if you want to donate to this podcast, we would appreciate it. Um, and that's all but I'm going to say on that front. At the ahead. last part, if you're going through something, please do not. If you've lost your job or your service industry or... Please do not. Uh, please take care of your family. And uh, yes. Yeah. So I, I have, I have I to add people, that. Yeah. People know that. Yes. Uh, yeah. But I, anyway, so um, how is this affecting my brother Peter, this whole pandemic thing? He is a soldier. He is tough. He is strong. He is resilient. Um, he also is in complete denial about what it's going to be like. <laughs> but it's. Uh, it's tough to. He's sort a millennial. Of I get it. He's a millennial. <laughs> yeah, but he is not pumped about not working. Um, he's not. He's he's scared to lose his his uh, dependence or independence rather, and so he can't really be around my parents too much if he lives at his house. I guess he can go from his house to. My parents' house, they can ferry him back and forth as long as he doesn't walk, like, leave or walk around. But, like, what if he touches something on one of his walks and then goes to my parents' house? Like, it's just, you know what I mean? The more roommates my parents have or the more exposure they have, the higher the chances they could get sick. And this COVID thing is more dangerous for older people. And my parents are 71. They're right in the age group now. They're healthy, but who knows? Same. Mine too. Same. And if, yeah. And so if I move, if I, now, if I have, if I leave New York, uh, to, they're begging, my parents are begging me to go back to Canada, go back to Ottawa. They don't want me to be in New York. Um, and they're, they, my, not, this is not a political podcast, but just to give you some context of the pressure I'm getting, uh, my mother is not a fan of the American uh, president and has no faith and is uh, very scared for me. And I, I think she is 
Um, not exact. Not she's she's maybe panicking a little, but she she wants me to leave. And so how this affects you're her Peter, little baby. I get it. Makes sense. Yes, but how this affects Peter and how this pertains to the podcast is if I go back to um, if I go back to Canada. I have to quarantine myself so I don't potentially kill my parents in my brother's apartment. And then the domino effect is my brother has to go, has to, has to pre-quarantine before I go and then go at least a week and then go live with my parents. And now he's with my parents. And now then I quarantine at my brother's house and then I go to my parents' house. My brother gets his apartment back. And I told so, you what I think you should do. What do you think? You should buy a five hundred dollar car and go drive to that cabin in the woods. April yeah. when the snow when the snow yeah. melts. <laughs> yeah, my uh, my parents have a have a cottage, but it's like a shack. It's not winterized, and the the road to it is you have to snowshoe right now. There's still snow, like and it's well, up. Gotta in the wait till like, April. You gotta wait till April. Yeah, I could do that. That would be super lonely. <laughs> I don't yeah. even know if they have I, d- I don't even know if they have internet up there I need internet obviously but I tell you what it would be beautiful I'd go on runs what if I a did, bear attacks uh, me I did 300 uh, push ups yesterday and uh, 50 pull ups so far today yeah we're going to be in the best shape of our lives we're in prison shape <laughs> we are going to be ripped buddy I've already, I was like wondering at the start of this thing just as a, as a side note if I was going to get real fat or re- in really good shape there was no middle ground <laughs> and I'm proud to say uh, I have needed the exercise to stay sane so I think that that exactly. will like I, I physically need it and if you're if you're if, if you're listening to this and you are able, um, I know a lot of you people listening right now have kids, extra kids at home. You, you probably have uh, someone, uh, an autistic loved one, someone with autism that, that, that is a loved one in your, in your household, maybe a child, and then you have extra chi- children home, not at work. Uh, I know you're super busy. If you can, if you can at all, definitely find time to exercise. Get a, get a stationary bike. You need yep. you just you, you, your body push needs push up it. some squats, some squats. Yeah, something, something, something. Because it, it it's so crazy how I how like I get all kind of panicky and jittery in my little studio apartment by myself, and then I'll like I'll do a bunch of push ups and some squats, and then I'll I'll my outlook on the world will be better. I'm a little more positive, a little less scared. It, it, I don't know. It just it just helps. I don't know. Speaking of which, should we do the uh, in the news? Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is in the uh, Scientific American. Uh, autistic people make great social partners if you actually give them a chance. Style, not substance, drives negative impressions of social life of people on the autism spectrum. You know what this makes me think of? Amy Schumer talking about her son with her son, her husband with autism yeah. and how she thinks he's such a great partner. Right. Anyway, remember that? I do, of course. Yeah, we did an episode on that uh, yeah. a little while back, and I, it's such a a nice example of how it's not a scarlet letter. Um, it doesn't mean you can't have a a, a, a quote unquote normal relationship, you know, if or a happy has, productive relationship. Yeah. yeah, if your partner has autism, it doesn't mean that they are you're dating um, uh, a dependent. Yeah, I don't you're know what still, normal you're means. You're dating but an equal. You're dating an equal. 
yeah, it can definitely be positive and encouraging and good. Yes, obviously very dependent on the spectrum. Uh, I'm not sure, entirely sure Amy could handle your son or my brother, but... Uh, Probably not. <laughs> as a not, my, not my son. Yeah. <laughs> Just like younger men, though, so maybe, but... Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's a handsome boy. Very handsome boy, very well endowed handsome boy, but I'm not oh, sure. Oh wow! Okay, well that's news. <laughs> just, just joking, kind of. Okay, mm-hmm. for many years, researchers You're have treated individual. <laughs> <laughs> for many years, researchers have treated individual traits and characteristics characteristics of autistic people as enduring, in essence, as as an enduring essence of their autism in isolation. Okay, let me start over. For many years, researchers... This is why you wanted me to read. This is exactly why I wanted you to read. (laughs) For many years, researchers have treated the individual traits and characteristics of autistic people as an enduring essence of their autism in isolation of the social context and without even asking autistic people what their social life is actually asked, uh, actually like. However, geez, Louise. You're however, blushing. It's really adorable. It's really bad. However, perspective yeah. matters. Oh, listen, I've been sitting in my apartment alone all day. I'm going crazy here. <laughs> You're doing uh, here great. However, perspective matters. Who is to say autistic people are the ones who are quote unquote awkward? Uh, let's jump forward. A number of myths about autistic people abound. For one, there's a great myth that autistic people lack empathy. This is how they were depicted for many years in clinical literature and in the media as emotionless, social, clueless robots. However, the more we get to know an autistic person, the more you realize just how caring they can be, even though they may have some difficulty reading social cues. Yeah. As Steve Silberman points out, empathy is a two-way street. Another common misconception, misperception, is that autistic people aren't social. I really like some recent approaches that add greater complexity to this issue, showing that when you take a contextual strengths-based approach, you can see that the people on the autism spectrum are much more social than researchers ever realized. The lens upon which we look at a person matters, as Megan Clark and Don Adams put it. When autism is viewed through a difficult uh, deficit lens, excuse me, the strengths and positive attributes and interests of the individual on the spectrum can be overshadowed. In a recent study, Clark and Adams asked 83 children on the autism spectrum age 8 to 15 various questions about themselves. When asked, what do you like most about yourself? The most common themes were, I'm a good friend and a person to be, or a person to be around, and I'm good at particular things. When asked, what do you enjoy the most? One of the most endorsed themes was social interactions. So in other words, we think they don't like so, uh, social interactions. They, on the other hand, say we do like social interactions. In other words, when asked about their own social life, social interactions organically emerged as a prominent positive theme among autistic adults. Clark and Adams concluded that the self-report studies provide individuals on the autism spectrum a much-needed opportunity to express and share their attributes, strengths, and interests with others, adding their voice to the literature. I consider this a step forward, actually asking them about their lives, not just scientists telling autistic people what they are like. The research is consistent with research showing that at least 80% of children on the autism spectrum have at least one friend, and the majority are satisfied with their friendship. Mm -hmm. While it is true that children on the autism spectrum in general, education classrooms are often on the periphery of the classroom social engagement, researchers suggest that it is due in large part for the lack of support that would allow autistic people to engage with their peers on the school playground. Okay, let me jump forward a little bit. Oh boy, this is long. Okay. No, I, li- I like this a lot, though. I, it, 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 it's completely true. It's just that we 
can't read them, so we think that they are lacking these things. It's but it's us not being able to read them. Yeah, the I agree. neuronormative it's people not being able. Yes. Yeah, the bias may be a significant factor in allowing us to see the real social potential of autistic people. One study, Noah Sassoon and colleagues, found that even within a couple of seconds, typically developing people make quick judgments about people on the spectrum, and these patterns are robust, happen quite quickly, and persist across children and adult age groups. Unfortunately, these judgments are not favorable or kind. And here's the kicker. The researchers found that the biases against autistic people disappeared when the impressions were based on conversational content lacking audiovisual clues. As the researchers note, style, not substance, drives negative impressions of people on the ASD. They advocate for a broader perspective on, that considers both the impairments and biases of a potential social partner. How much more of this do you want me to read? There are, there's a lot more. <laughs> I think that's, read the conclusion. Yeah, let's get down to the conclusion. And all these findings would suggest that social interactive difficulties seen among autistic people may be highly contextual and dependent on the right fit between the person and the environment. But even more broadly, these new methods and approaches within psychology are transformative of how people think of themselves in the world and what they're ultimately able to become. In the highlights, the way their unique brain wiring can be a strength instead of immediately trying to quote unquote fix them. By meeting autistic people where they are, we can see that they're capable of far more than researchers and the general public have long believed to be the case. Well, what do you think, Graham? Uh, I, I think it's, it's, it's important because it's something that's, I guess, that I already knew because I grew up with someone with autism. But it's funny that it's something I've never really... Um, put to words but it's something I've, I've always noticed and it, is that when I when people interact with my brother they ask me questions that I think are obvious like they'll talk to him and they'll go then they'll then he'll walk away and then they will ask these people will ask me um, can he have friends or uh, is he social or and then like he just talked to you I don't understand right. what these questions of course he's social what could be I don't know. It, it's just, it's, and I, I could see how that wouldn't be obvious to the layman. Mal and yeah, Malcolm Gladwell wrote this book that's called Blink, that about how we make all these instant judgments when we see people that's based on thousands of years of history, blah, blah. But I feel like sometimes people don't really see people with disabilities or listen they kind of do a quick perversary look and they're, okay, I get it. He's right. like this. And it's like, well, you're not, not, not really. You're not really, you're not really yeah. getting it. No. What'd you think? Yeah, I agree. To me, it's, it's just that, that, that I feel like they're not really engaging to see. It's exactly that where they go, you, you don't like, uh, you don't like social action, do you? But then you ask the autistic person like, nope, I do like it. So then it's like, <laughs> just because they don't, <laughs> do the social interaction the way you do it or the way you like it, that doesn't mean they're not mm -hmm. getting what they need out of it. My brother loves social interaction. He loves it more than maybe anybody else in the entire world. That's the other thing. Just because somebody's not, I don't know how to say this nicely, but not like great at it or we don't see them as being great at it. It's like basketball. Yeah. I love playing basketball. I'm not, I'm not great or I love boxing. I'm not good at it. I like it, but I'm not. You don't have to be good at something to enjoy it. It's like, yeah, or soccer. Yeah, no, he, he, 
Yeah, exactly. He, but my brother is objectively bad at it. He can't read the know, but room. He's bad at basketball too, and he and he likes it. He does, and he's got a very good shot. It's pretty funny. Um, I don't know. I'm worried about my brother. I worry about my brother being alone for the next two months, not to get off topic, because he is so social. Well, I got back on topic. Interesting. Um, he is so social, and he won't have any interactions with anybody for the for the, the remainder of however long this lasts. So. Yeah, I mean, it can't hurt to go up there for a little bit. Go yeah. up for a few weeks. And yeah. Make your mom happy, and yeah. Yeah. I'll just never leave the house. I'll I'll stay in the backyard, just like a prison. I'm telling you, go to that cabin. You write uh, a great book up there. You're great. <laughs> so many spelling errors, and the structure is awful. This man has zero training. What language is this in? I just figured that if you went to a cabin, you had to write a book. <laughs> uh, we said read a book. Oh, right. Okay, right. Right, right. Uh, it's funny. You know what JJ likes to do? Is he, he sometimes if like with his caregivers, I've noticed this time with me, they like to watch the news every night, and he'll bring his computer and with his headphones and sit right next to them, and then they watch the news, and he does his little thing. But he wants to be right there. That's nice. He wants some close. Yeah, yeah. He, we're we're we are uh, we're all humans. Yeah. We all need it. I think that's super cute. Yeah, likes a little social. A little like he wants to be right next to you, but uh, watching his own thing. He doesn't want to watch the news. <laughs> yeah. Who does? It's very sad these days. Um, <laughs> guys, <laughs> My brother uh, watches the ever, news. He watches, he watches the news, the 6 o'clock news every day. And I, does I, he really? I go, yeah. Because he just knows that that's what adults are supposed to do. And I, I'm not sure how much he understands. Yeah, that's but, good, though. You know yeah. what's funny? Our We had a teacher who... Um, used to record the the first intro of the nightly news like the first five minutes and show it every class and at the time i thought oh it's kind of cool and now that i'm older i'm like you're just like trying to waste time you <laughs> waste yeah. like 15 yeah. minutes every day <laughs> guys I, i've got some new we're gonna watch the news today 15 minutes yeah it's like you know what's funny i just realized is like if you're a teacher you kind of think about time like comedians think like time you're like exactly oh, I, I just killed five minutes oh that's good i got to I can kill five minutes right off the top, and then I go right into this, and then ooh, that that makes it a lot easier. That's hilarious. I'm I'm learning how to play piano, so I can kill some time. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Kirk Kirk uh, bought a little Casio uh, piano, so he doesn't lose his mind. Have you you want want to play us out today? Since we're getting to the end of the podcast, why don't you want to see if I can? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll play tell us everyone out? Our, you plug our, uh, our handles, our 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 handles, yeah. and you play the piano. You plug everything, and I'll see if I can get this set up in time. Go ahead. Okay. Well, uh, guys, um, I'd like to uh, tell you, and I'm stalling, obviously, that uh, my Instagram is still Instagram K on Instagram. Uh, also, I'm Mr. Graham K on Twitter. I'm, you know, I got a lot of free time, and I will say this: my online uh, persona is just really thriving right now i have nowhere else to put my cre- my my creative juices and i am uh my instagram's pretty good it's pretty good and we got kirk smith comedy uh on all platforms it's got he's got synergy going on here this is the uh he's he's you know ready for me to play you out yeah play us out kirk can you hear that yeah i can 
Oh, you can hear the sirens in the background. Let's turn it up. Kill my neighbors. Yeah. Well, guys, it's been another episode of Autastic. So happy that you can uh, stick with us throughout this trying time. We're going to do our best to keep the episode, oop, to keep the episode still coming uh, each week. And um, we need this podcast just as much as you guys do at this point. And we appreciate you listening. Stay safe. You guys are fantastic people. And as Kirk always says, you can do this. <laughs>